Hey, welcome everybody to the Kamloops Real Estate Insider Podcast. I have uh, Mally J's in the house. Hello. And we have two familiar faces that I see quite frequently on the scene in the real estate scene in Kamloops. Got our boy Jeremy Reed, an ex Royal Page Westman <laughs> realtor. Just throw that over. How's it going, man? It's going good. I appreciate you taking time out of your day. I know you're a busy realtor. And uh, returning guest. I don't know if we've had realtors return yet. Mm. This might be the first time, but Lisa <laughs> Mo Money Mooney is back. In, oh, boy. Is here. It's got <laughs> a nice you. ring to it, that doesn't it? a nice ring to it. <laughs> yeah. like, it the fact that you're not running with that. Uh, I know. Yeah. Money, money. It's, it's not <laughs> yeah. You, you got to spread it to the Remax world. <laughs> I've been doing my best over here. <laughs> Funny guy. Funny guy. So I just wanted to say thanks uh, for the invitation for both of us to be here on your yeah. special 100th episode. Mm-hmm. And I'm very honored to be here. Thanks. This is the 100th episode. Mm-hmm. Crazy. It's pretty cool. Congratulations, Parker. Yeah, yes. no, it's pretty uh, It's pretty good. I, I The journey was like... It started out, I had a few kind of core ideas. I didn't want it to be like, I didn't want it to be salesy. I didn't want, I, I actually didn't want to use the words um, like call me for your real estate needs. I didn't ever want to use those words. Mm-hmm. And I think we've been pretty clean about doing that. I think sometimes I joke about it. Um, and then I also wanted, I didn't want to just be like, Here's the stats for Kamloops. Yeah. Market's going up. <laughs> Surprise. If you've been on Instagram, you've had 900 posts today about the 18% increase in median house price. But also just kind of like more intimate information about Kamloops. So, you know, probably not something a, you know, like yeah. a, a buyer in Calgary would want to listen to on a steady basis because... We'd be talking about the river and Kamloops Lake and the Shushua. We'd be talking about stuff that just means stuff to people in our area, right? That's great. It's very educational. And- yeah. Kind of limits our market a bit, but it's it's been interesting how people moving to Kamloops have reached out and been on the podcast, like listen to the podcast. That's, that's really cool. Yeah. So, so That's actually awesome because I was, I was curious about that because um, with people moving into Kamloops, you know, like uh, I've... On YouTube, mm-hmm. I've seen different videos where realtors have done videos about moving to Canlos, and they'll get like twenty, thirty thousand views. Yeah, of like the things to avoid in Canlos, the things to know about Canlos. Like that's a lot of people that are trying to research Canlos. Yeah, so it's, it's that's kind of neat to hear that they're they're finding this because that would be super helpful moving into a new city. Totally, actually getting the totally. in, insight. It's funny because I remember watching a YouTube video, and it was some dude who had videoed on his phone the drive from Kamloops to Chase. Oh. Oh, wow. Like, it sped up. Like, it was terrible. But there was, like, 35,000 views. Yeah. And I was like, who needs to know that? <laughs> Man, they need to know some other stuff, too, about this. And I was thinking, like, yeah, that's when I started researching all the realtors that were doing videos about Kamloops. Didn't you do some videos about Kamloops? That's what I was I did. Say. I did. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I did. They were, they were really good. I never... Um, Never got them out there as much as I had thought. I, I don't have twenty two thousand views on it. I think I got like yeah. seven, mom. six of them. Thanks, are mine mom. And my mom's. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I put it. I put that together, and it was good. But I, there's something about the conversational side of it as well. They were more like promo videos. Right. They're promoting the area, and I feel like that's the that's kind of the key to having these kind of conversations. And where I think the magic in YouTube is, is you kind of get both sides of it, like a. Yeah. They're looking at what's the good, what's the bad, not just the best of absolutely everything. Yeah. The three minute highlight. So And you also don't need to be you don't need to be so professional about it. Like you don't need to have, you know, like a master videographer following you around talking about stuff. You can literally pick up your phone 
grab a video and put it out there. And if it's got the right content, it works for people. They don't need to see like, you know, the trumpets and the starting, you know, narration (laughs) of a video, right? It just doesn't need to be that. Yeah. So, yeah. You guys are both really good at video. That's something that I don't delve into very often and I probably should, but. Video's where it's at. Apparently that's that's the way of the future. Our last podcast about Gen Z, we had a guest on who did, does research on Gen Z. She, the, the key takeaway was step into the video arena to be communicating with them. Just meet them where they're at. Point of interest. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Actually, no, on that, what I thought was kind of interesting, the, um, websites. Remember when having a website was a big deal? Yeah. <laughs> that seems to have gone by the wayside. <laughs> yeah. <now. laughs> it's like, you got to have social now. It's all social. Yeah. And like, I've, I've noticed it with myself with companies that I go into. I, right. uh, I, you end up on their Facebook page, their Instagram page, like you're checking the behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Totally. The website's always like got the, the proper picture and everything. But yeah. That's where you end up going to get a feel for the business. So um, I, I just thought that was wild to think about how five years ago it seemed like having the best website was the most important thing. Totally. And now it's like the video and the people want to know who they're doing business with. Yeah. Driving attention to something that people want to be attentive to mm. as opposed to when you're looking on a website, you're maybe like searching for a website because you're looking for a phone number and email address. Mm-hmm. But if you're trying to take people's attention, like you got to do something like somewhere where they're at, right? Where they're hanging out. Like go knock on their door. On social. Or, <laughs> exactly, <yeah>. Lisa. <laughs> the door knocking superstar. The door knocking superstar, yeah. <laughs> Who was your, 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 the guy that you had a conversation with that said something like you'd have to knock on a hundred thousand doors or something to get the same sort of results that like a video would do. Oh, who said that? I don't know. We were talking about it yeah, one day. I don't remember who it was though. It was classic, but you showed yeah. him up. Yep. Showed him up. You know, that it's on that. Yeah. Like talking about the behind the scenes, the, the, cause I know you do quite a bit of door knocking and I started doing some more at the start of this year. Mm-hmm. It's amazing how things start. It's like a pendulum swing yeah. because I remember, you know, seven or eight years ago when I used to door knock, people, they'd be friendly with you. And they, you, they, oh, how, how are That's you? That's not my experience. Yeah. I suck at door knocking. Oh, really? Apparently I do. So, well, they'd be okay. Yeah. Like it was like, oh, okay, someone at my door and they'd be pleasant, but they would close it real quick. Well, six months ago, well, five months ago, I guess it was when I called you and said I was starting this. Yeah. I started paying attention and I was like, I could probably knock on 20 to 25 doors in an hour. And two hours later, I'd been at about 10. Because people now, because I was trying to share information, sure. will step outside their door and have a real conversation with you. Like that connection on yeah. the, the doorstep. I've had like 15, 20 minute conversations with people. I had people give me tours of their house, Whoa, show yeah. me their backyard. It's wild how inviting people are to have that face-to-face interaction, yeah. which could be start of the counter or part of the counter pull from everything being online to sure. back yeah, to yeah. face-to-face. But you have the edge, man. You have like a very inviting personality. <laughs> Like you. Yeah. <laughs> what, are you, what are you doing at people's doors, Parker? Like, I don't know. I'm, I'm standing there with the contract. Isn't that what we're supposed to do? Sign here. Let's Sign get it sold. <laughs> Six minutes old. <laughs> cool. Okay. Well, that was the journey. Uh, I totally appreciate you guys taking time out of your day. And this is actually something that I want to do on a regular is, is what I call airing it out. So there's, there's podcasts where we have like a legit like topic that we're having a conversation about. And every now and then I want to have this airing it out where we have like realtor, realtors on realtors talking about experiences that they've had and their opinions on certain topics and not, not in a negative way, not in a positive way, but just in an honest way, Mm -hmm. like real live stuff that's happened 
to realtors about particular scenarios that I think would give value uh, to buyers and sellers in the marketplace. If they're hearing the behind the scenes, you know, maybe they have a realtor and they can't get the property sold and their agent is telling them it's listed too high and they think, well, that's just that agent. But if they hear behind the scenes and they hear about how, you know, how the, a number at a house can be brought to light, how easy that is and how, what a major stumbling block that might be. Mm-hmm. Maybe that person would gain success from just, you know, listening to about it, the experiences of others. My name is Parker Bennett, and I've spent the last 20 years helping people through the process of their largest single investment they may ever make, their home. From building inspector to real estate agent, I've chalked up a number of great experiences and strategies for everything related to the home buying experience. This podcast is dedicated to anything and everything around the Kamloops real estate market. Welcome to the Kamloops Real Estate Insider Podcast. So in saying all that, start with our first topic. So Mm -hmm. These topics don't transition very well, so we're going to have like an imaginary timer, and the timer goes off, and we just butt the end of that topic, and we just flash into the new one. Yeah. I'm going to put in some kind of buzzer sound in post. There you go. Okay, so have you guys ever had uh, lowball offers as listing agents? Oh, I, as listing agents, uh, yes, I have. Do you give them a name? Do you have a name for them? Um, no, my clients referred to it as a low ball and they just wouldn't even reply to it. Mm-hmm. So that's all it was referred that's to That's like as. period end of this that discussion? I wrote a low ball offer, um, that was not taken very nicely by the listing agent. Um, and it was, I mean, what do you guys consider a low ball offer? In this market, like not full price seems to be a low ball. <laughs> right? <laughs> so I looked it up cause I was like, what is considered a low ball offer? And it is... About 10 to 15% under asking. Is that Wikipedia? Uh, <laughs> no, it was another, whatever site it was. Mm-hmm. So our offer was the 15% lower than asking price, but okay. our market has been fairly slow. Like it was right. spring, but anyways, won't say when it was. Um, the listing agent came back and said uh, he didn't even want to present it to his seller. His seller was not very kind in his remarks. Didn't just insult me, but also right. insulted my my buyer. Oh. And then the listing agent um, came on and said that I wore the wrong footwear to be showing that particular property. And excuse like, me, what <laughs> that's does, a first. What does that have to do? I've never been accused of wearing the wrong the footwear. That's how. That's where they it, see it's valued at. Like because it didn't match your outfit, or because it was like not they were inappropriate. Okay. Uh, yeah. I was wearing... Just wearing stilettos? I was, were you no, yeah. 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 Was in clear heels? Clown shoes? I was wearing sandals. Flippers? Oh. I was wearing sandals. It was an acreage. And I was oh. not, like, going to traipse all over the acreage. It was the house that we were looking at. Basically. You're also, like, a hearty person, though. Like, I feel like if you were like, well, I'm wearing sandals, you'd probably just deal yeah. with it because they're your shoes and your feet and exactly. kind of your problem. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm known to run around in bare feet. I don't mm-hmm. love wearing shoes. So it is what it is. And it really wasn't interesting that person's cool yeah Let, let's divide the conversation in listing and then and then like as a buyer's agent so like just as a listing um i have a client who gave a name to me one time about a low ball offer and i said stuck with me it was a stink bid mm-hmm. <laughs> and he said is this a stink bid 
And I had to take a minute, but I was like, yeah, it's a stink bit. <laughs> and he's like, I only give stink bids. I don't take stink bids. <laughs> but it's interesting, like, there's realtors who are, who, who've had, you know, long, successful careers in the real estate industry. And I've been on the bad side of that low ball offer and seeing how they react. Yeah. Um, you know, it's very cool and casual. They rarely get upset. You know, they just don't really talk to you that much. Yeah. It's just really not that informative. Like you're not getting someone who loses their cool on a low ball offer or someone mm-hmm. who responds to it in a negative way is just showing their like insecurity about their listing. That's the way I see it. Well, and I mean, I've heard before too, is that anything is worth what somebody is willing to pay for it. So maybe I priced it a bit high or maybe my sellers, you know, are setting their expectations a little high. That's just what they're asking. It doesn't mean that they're not going to negotiate from that point. Right. Mm -hmm. So think, think about this. Think about a rural property on the market for 270 days. And he hasn't had a showing of 50. How grateful he would be to have somebody take the time out of their day to not only show the house, but get out the paperwork, spend the two hours to go through a contract with a realtor and write in a number. Yeah. Regardless of that number, they would be really happy to, they're talking like real estate now again, right? Yeah. Whereas if you're like upset at getting a low ball offer, you're really like telling the buyer you don't appreciate the whole fact that they just made an offer on your property. Exactly. Like Especially this. when it's, you know, a million dollar property and, you know, you're still offering to purchase it and it's a starting point. Mm-hmm. Right. So, yeah. I well, think this is, this is kind of the, the nuance. It's funny because I've always taken the, the stance that I, I, it was one of the, my mentors early that just said any offer is a good offer. Treat it like a serious offer, regardless of whether you take it or not, what you're talking about, yeah. be appreciative of it. But the other thing that always kind of stuck with me, and I, I loved when realtors did this with me. Because I've always had very open conversations with my buyers. So if, if we're putting in a low ball or stink bid, they know it. I know it. I'll explain. I'm going to present this the best I can. But like, how are we going to present this in a way that makes sense? Because yeah, the yeah. last sale was $150,000 more than this one. They know what it is. I know what it is. What I love is when the other agent knows what it is. Yeah. And it's, not, it's, <laughs> and it's like they just, okay, I'll present it to the offer. Because there's just those times when... The you know you you've got some buyers. I'll happily say it. Like my uncle is one of those guys, <laughs> and uh, we'll go out and we'll look at places. He's very serious. He's very solid. He he seems to do really well. But we have to go through a few places before he'll hit. Yeah. And uh, I always enjoy the process with him. Sometimes I'm like, oh, I don't like I duck as I present <laughs> the offer. Um, but you know we get through it, and and everyone has a different way of handling that. But I do agree if. If it comes back with anger or hostility, there used to be a time, I think, back in the day where that bully mentality would work a little bit. Right. It doesn't seem to be that anymore because there's so much information out there. The old school realtor who's like being a tough guy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, like you go back, I, it's interesting. I had a, a conversation with a guy that's been in the business for 50 years. And so a lot of this stuff makes sense why it would work. Like back in the day when they had the MLS book. Yeah. You know, you'd get realtors that owned an entire neighborhood and they could dictate prices in there. Sure. And so as you became the realtor in there, you got to dictate it. No one knew what the comparables were. They had that all to them. No one knew what the sales were. So it was a lot easier to bully someone. And if you were the neighborhood expert yep. and then some a younger realtor comes in that just started, it probably did work really well. Totally. Like, oh, man, yeah. I have no idea. Like, I guess I am out to lunch. 
but now everything's posted and everything's out there. So you, you kind of know. And, and when you're in different areas like Telford or um, Telford's a bad example, I guess, but, you know, like um, Abbey Glen and these different places where the homes are different, but they were all kind of the same vintage. Yeah. It's really hard to to justify $150,000 less than the neighbor totally. sold for when they're similar. So everyone kind of knows what that is now. Yeah. So I think that's... Uh, that's an it's an interesting take on what you're saying because totally. that anger doesn't doesn't, doesn't really help the situation. Doesn't help the situation. <laughs> and then on the same point, like where you're going when you get to the recreational properties or the unique high end properties, that really is where you kind of are fishing because sure. there's not enough data and, and no no one knows for sure what it's worth. So yeah. is it a low ball or is it just where it's supposed to be? Totally. Even so much with commercial, if you've ever done any commercial stuff, which I don't do a ton, but I do some. I have one buyer. Well, and seller that he's very educated as he's been an investor for a long time. So knows his stuff a hundred percent commercial for me though, is really, really hard to compare. There's not a lot in Kamloops. We're not like, you know, in the lower mainland and stuff. So I really wait for him to dictate how much he's going to put forward. And he's a great client and, uh, even if he does listen to this, thank you. <laughs> um, <laughs> but when he knows what he, what he wants for what price, that's the offer, and it's happened a couple of times now that, you know, we put in the offer, and it's it's low ball for sure, and uh, gets turned away, and then a year later or a year and a half later, that seller comes back to us and says, okay, we're willing to take that, and he says, oh. no. Mm. Time is the ultimate leverage in negotiating. It absolutely mm. is, yeah. you know. Well, timing, we just went through that because yeah. there was, uh, like, you look back in January and February, I had a sale. You had a yeah. sale in January and February? I won. <laughs> That's why I remember Shocking. it. I Shocking. one sale. Oh, you were the sale. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, the, um, it was right, it wasn't, I guess it was coming into March. We had listed in February, we were going into March, and we got an offer. And it was funny because I, when you talk about lowball offers, well, a lot of the houses at that time were selling for 5 or 6% under asking price because everyone was kind of catching up. Yeah. So now you're on, a say, a million-dollar home, an average offer is coming in $100,000 less. There was a major mental adjustment to what was considered a lowball offer. Mm-hmm. And I remember when I got that offer in March, it was just starting to pick up. And I, the realtor brought a lowball talking about dealing with lowball, um, a lowball. Stink bid. Uh, and, yeah, stink <laughs> bid. And uh, I, I was like, you know what? Three weeks ago, it's funny, probably would have been looking at this. Totally. But we j- it was like three weeks later, the market had just done that uptick and there was a little more confidence. So... What's what low ball three weeks ago is, or was a, wasn't a low ball three weeks ago. I changed that fast. It was totally, amazing yeah. to see that transition. Yeah. yeah. Oh, we did. We had, an, uh, we had a listing that uh, just went firm that was on the market for quite a few days. And, uh, you know, the seller wasn't really willing to move on the price. He'd kind of made his lowest price as he would be willing to take and then left it there. And so I had to pre-qualify anybody looking to show the property. Just show it knowing this is the only price that's available. I don't, you can show it. But don't just don't give me another number because it, I'm just telling you we've had them and we're not taking them. <laughs> not trying to be a bully, just saying. <laughs> if it's one dollar under, maybe I could pull one out of my wallet. But it's you know like ten or fifteen thousand dollars wasn't wasn't going to be something they'd entertain. Well, the it, uh, you know the property went off the market and then that same time frame happened, and now people were reaching out as an expired listing, and we put a deal together. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's interesting. The market is so, it fluctuates. And it's funny when you look at the, let's say, median house price or average sale price of a home, going through that time, you don't see a big uptick and downtick. Like you see that the market corrects. But when you look micro instead of macro on a particular home, there was a variance of like, 
you know, in the seven or eight hundred thousand dollar range, there could have been a fifty to seventy five thousand dollar variance on a price, mm-hmm. which is insane. It is. It's insane to think of the the you know there was money to be made through that process. Well, and it's it brings me back to like uh, a conversation I I learned early, which was how a, a market rises and falls. And this is what you know I kind of always go back because I, I don't know about you guys, but as confident as I can be in a price, I still get nervous the day we go to market. Like it's, it's like, because there is no, I'm glad you say that. Cause I, th- I'm the same way. <laughs> no, I'm the same. <laughs> like there's just, there's just no way to tell for sure. Yeah. Um, and you think you're good and you think you're solid and then you have three or four showings that come through and no offers and immediately yeah. <laughs> in your head, you're like playing it cool, but holy, did I, like how, yeah. how did I miss this? Right. Um, but the, uh, what, what it was kind of, really wild in that time period is like you say there was the average but he explained to me that a market will rise and fall because based on how many listings are in an area so you'll see different neighborhoods fluctuate and uh it it was exactly how it played out where you'd end up with six or seven homes that were all very similar similar vintage and everything one guy gets motivated or girl drops their price by 20 grand and then the other five have to adjust down to that now it becomes competitive at that. And then another one drops 20 and it goes down. And you saw these big swings in these different areas. Yep. Uh, that was really neat to see because there was a few a few kind of takeaways that a couple of my clients got away with that probably went up 30, 40 grand sure. within a 60, 90 day window. But there was always somebody who was saying, hey, listen, 75 days is enough. What do I have to do to the price to get it sold? Exactly. And they sell. And then now you're competing. You're comparing that property to all your other local guys that are in, or gals. In, in surrounding areas that are in the same vintage, same style, same square footage, right? Or they're saying, oh, yeah, it's been on for 75 days. You're not getting the job done. I'm going to try a different realtor. Mm-hmm. Which that happens. doesn't happen uh, to Jeremy, though. Never, yeah, what, what, does never, that happen? Never. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so nuanced. Like it, it seems that the realtors that I observe anyways, you have to really rely on your gut. and your inst- like you, You're doing your research and putting your comps together, and there's facts that go into determining a price, but there really is this sort of other quality that's about yeah. feeling it out. That yeah. um, Airing it out, feeling it out. Airing it out I, listed, it. I listed a property earlier this spring and I was, ve- I was competing with another agent and I came up with the higher number and I was 100%. I was so, I was like, this is the first two numbers that are going to be on the contract when you sell. And it was the same thing. It was listed on a Friday and I didn't get a showing for three days. <laughs> and I was like... Uh-oh. I was wrong. They were right. <laughs> and now I'm going to look so stupid. <laughs> but then we got a bunch of showings and we ended up getting the number. So, whew, you know, like yeah. it, it's, it's terrifying in that moment. But yeah. as, long as, you, <laughs> as long as you just do what you do, mm-hmm. it should work out in the averages anyways. Yeah. Yeah. Stink bids. Mm. Stinky ones. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever, this happens to me all the time, so I'm, I'm assuming it happens to everybody, but... When you're on the listing side and you get a lowball offer and you're bringing it to your seller, do they ever say something like, these guys are just wasting our time? Yeah. And I think, our time or my time? <laughs> <laughs> the only one who's wasting time is me. All the, all the paperwork that has to be done just for you to say, uh-uh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. Stop wasting my time. <laughs> like nine seconds? <laughs> yeah, it's funny, man. I... um. Yeah, totally. And it's, uh, and it always, this is how the conversation usually goes. I've got an offer. 
I'm going to tell you the price last. <laughs> Let's go over everything else. I always, say, I always say it's just a starting point. Remember that. Yeah, it's, just, it's just a starting point. Mm-hmm. And they didn't include the washer off. and dryer. Mm-hmm. You just gained yourself 2500 bucks here. Yeah. And then you get to the price. And you know, so uh, I'm going to hang up now. Call me back after <laughs> off the phone. Wait the 10 Give minutes and get the call back. Duck underneath the phone. <laughs> All right. Um, ding. Awkward moments. Mm. Awkward moments in real estate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a broad concept. Yeah. I have so many those. in home inspection. Mm-hmm. Well, with the home inspection side, I bet there's a, a ton. Actually, you know what was uh, my favorite awkward moment? Because it made me so proud to be Canadian. Oh. <laughs> it was, uh, so when I first got into the business, when I was at Royal Page Westwind, yeah. there was a group of us and it helped me out so much. There's a few veterans. We'd pile into a van and on Tuesday we would do the realtor tours. Yeah. So we'd get to go and look at a bunch of homes. And what was great is we would discuss the homes and they would, we'd talk about what we thought it was going to sell for. And it really helped me understand how houses sold. So we'd do these long tours. Um, this one time we went in and we get to the, the house, the townhouse, and we walk into the house and the door's unlocked. So they go, okay, let's go in. Eight of us start walking through this house, and there's a man sitting there in his boxers watching TV. <laughs> and so we walk by him, and he goes, uh, hello. And we're like, oh, hello. <laughs> we'll be done quickly. And he's like, oh, okay. So we go around. We go, through his, we go through the bedroom, all the different rooms. We go down to the rec room. We get out. As we come back through the living room, he's now standing in his boxers just staring at us. And uh, I'm, I was the vocal one. I'm like, thank you very much for letting us come through. He's like, oh, Sure. I don't mean to be a bother, though, but uh, who are you and what are you doing in my house? Well, it turned out they had, uh, there was 1173 Pondland and 1176 Pondland. So we were at the wrong townhouse. And this guy let us walk through his entire house and then politely asked us, who are you? And, in his underwear, no less. In his underwear, no less. Just let us go. It was amazing. That's awesome. So we just we all laughed on the counter for a while and then just said our goodbyes and he was it was an awesome interaction. You should have, you should have told him he was he priced it right. <laughs> yeah, he priced it right. <laughs> That's funny. That's hilarious. Oh. Wow. I uh, mm-hmm. have had um, I don't know if you have you guys showing a property and the couples really do not agree at all and you're kind of stuck in the middle like just looking out the window and mm-hmm. they'll just get over their discussion their heated discussion without bringing me into it because yeah it's it gets a little awkward like where one's really into it and one's not or they're oh yeah 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 very much so and they can't agree on what price range they're going to stick to even though we're standing in this house already looking at something that he says is over what they want to pay oh my god why are we here? <laughs> <laughs> like turn into a bit of a marriage counselor. Almost. Basically, yeah. yeah, I think that's part of our job. We've got a lot of hats. Yeah, we do. It's a, and it's um and it's funny because the I remember when I first started, I I learned to start to embrace that because what I what I found in my experience is that by the time we get to the point where they're okay to openly fight in front of me. Yeah. I feel like I've been brought in as the family. <laughs> like, yeah. So I like, always remind myself and then I'm like, okay. Because if they're just giving each other glares and I know they're just going to tear into each other in the car, I'm like, I'm not on the inside yet. <laughs> Good so point. usually, usually well, I'll just try to levy it a little bit by usually siding with the wife. <laughs> Smart <laughs> man. We, do, we got a third option here, guys. I think she's right. <laughs> Dale, I think you're wrong. <laughs> I think it is funny that, that clients will actually have no problems about just going off the deep end. It, it is a live show. Yeah. <laughs> it's a working show. Um, you know, that they'll, they'll openly fight at a listing mm-hmm. about 
what their really initiative to purchase is, right? Like I have this, these, these clients and it was like, my first notion was they'll be getting divorced soon. Oh no. Then you're like, this house is not going to fix this problem that I clearly see of like the disagreeing with every single thing. And then there's got to be more to the story always. Mm -hmm. And as you show place six and seven, make the offer, get through the home inspection, all the meetings and time you spend with them, yeah, she might want to get some counseling as well <laughs> as, as, as insurance on this place. <laughs> yes. And then two years later, you get that call. When you see the number come up, you're like, Time to list. I think we're listing this house now. <laughs> <laughs> and buying two. And I always have to remind people just keep in mind that a lot of people have cameras around now. You know, like you never you want to be saying things that are on, on video. Well, yes. it, it, it should be part of our pre-preparation to going into a home is to educate people who are not normally going into people's homes and talking about their pictures on the wall and exactly and what their price point is on the house because everybody has a camera mm-hmm. and everybody's listening. You know, when they get the ding on the ring, the yeah. ring ding, Yeah, I mean, when it's a showing or home inspection or something, they're watching. They yeah. want to get the inside scoop of what's going on. Absolutely. Yeah, it's hilarious. Um that is a that is a funny one, hey? Like how um, uh, how that has become part of the conversation ahead of time, because it's like the the something when you walk up and that that ring is there, especially yeah. doing door knocking, mm-hmm. like th- they know you've arrived. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, Go away! <laughs> yeah, totally. I'm not buying any. <laughs> and I try really, try really hard to watch what I'm saying when I'm showing a house too, because there is one house listed right now. It was a super cool house. Um, it is so retro, like built in the 60s, 70s and has not had anything changed in it. And I literally cool. like I walked in, I'm like, oh, my gosh, this reminds me of when I was growing up. Like, look at this. I got to take a picture of this counter or cupboards or whatever to <laughs> show my parents in Saskatoon because it just, you know, and then I left the showing thinking, oh, I hope I didn't offend anyone because I know there was a camera there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but it was a cool retro. It's not like. Oh my God, this is so well, ugly. Have, it was, it was like appreciating the nostalgia. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Have you ever tried to sweeten a seller up by like, you get to there, you see the camera and you're like, guys, I just want to let you know, this is probably going to be the best property that we see today. <laughs> I'm uh, not. I don't know these people, but I can just tell already how well, there's such a pride of ownership here <laughs> and they're probably going to negotiate really hard. So I'm just giving you guys a heads up before we go in. <laughs> so calculate. And then you look at the smart. ring and give it the thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> Did I do a good job? <laughs> You're like, yeah, I like that realtor. <laughs> He's a good dude. <laughs> yeah. I had some awkward moments as a home inspector that kind of outweigh the awkwardness that I've had as a, as a real estate agent. Mm-hmm. But I'll share one story with you. And, and you might have been in the house because I know it had a lot of showings. Um, and I was a home inspector at the time. But it was on um, Van Horn. And oh. it, was, it was a property that was listed uh, with tenants in it. And so there was a lot of showings. Because I later talked to the listing realtor. And they were like, oh, we had a lot of showings. So there was like, yeah, there's there a lot of snickers and laughs about this property. But I get there as a home inspector, knock on the door and this you know, this lady shows up and she's kind of bundled up. It's kind of like mildly fall, maybe, you know, kind of the cooler season. And I walk in and, and, uh, you know, I meet her. She's like lovely. I tell her what I'm doing and I start going through the house. And at this point, I don't even know she's a tenant. Um, and I get to the living room and I look and on the living room, like, um, like a 
eight by four painting of this lady completely buck naked. <laughs> and at first glance, I'm not even connecting. I'm just like, oh, this is probably like somebody famous oh, or artsy. something, right? <laughs> and then, you know, I, I, after a couple discussions, I put two and two together and I'm like, this is the same girl. This is the same gal, right? So, okay, so now I'm like feeling very awkward about like looking. So I'm like, you know, doing my thing and I'm getting through the house and there was like a um, um, walk-in closet and the husband had came home at this time and I opened, he comes running in cause he's, you know, he's like, oh, there's a home inspector here. And so I'm chatting with him as I open up the closet door and I look in and the entire closet is a costume studio. Oh boy. And, um. I'm looking at him and he's kind of trying to gauge the look on my face because I got to get into the attic and it's like above all these costumes. And uh, I'm like, hey, could you, you do want to move some of these costumes so I don't have to, you know, truck them all out and like touch them and stuff like that. And he's like, yeah, yeah, no worries, no problem. And so I'm in the closet and I turn my head and there's another picture in there. And this one's like a little more sexual, mm-hmm. uh, like something you'd see on like on the, like on the cover of a porn site. <laughs> And I'm like staring at like it's head high. And then there's like this guy right there. And I'm like, God, this is uncomfortable. (laughs) (laughs) It got way worse. Oh, no. Because the last room was a bonus room over the garage. And when I got to the bonus room, it was like the studio. It's like a porn studio. And I'm in there and it's like the full studio, like the cameras, the lighting, the props, everything. And I'm checking plugs and windows. Like, window works, lights are good. I should go now. Wow. Yeah. I was not in that house. Yeah. Yeah, because if you showed the house, you'd have seen it. I wouldn't wouldn't forget. And and I called the real estate agent on the way out, and I'm thinking, you don't think to just give me the heads up? She's like, hell no, I wanted to see how you'd react to that. (laughs) That's awesome. That was crazy. Yeah, a real close-up view of people's lives there. Yeah. I like to a little ma- too close. Even to make that one like crazier, like a couple months later, um, a real estate agent had an issue with a house in Logan Lake. And I, he says, let's just jump in the car and we'll zip out there and we'll just quickly discuss this and come up with a solution. And then we'll, um, then I can, you know, try and resolve the problem. Right. So we're on our way. I'm still a home inspector guy and we're on our way and the realtor's phone rings and uh, it's the other agent of the house in in Logan Lake. And she says, Hey, just so you know, there's going to be a showing while you guys are up there. And he's like, yeah, no problem. So I get to the house and we're evaluating this issue. And this couple from Van Horn are the people that are looking at the house. (laughs) And I look (laughs) and I lock eyes on her and right away, like I, like I remembered what (laughs) was going on. Right. And she's kind of sees me and she's, I don't know. I think she thought I was a fan. She kind of got all smiley. and was like, Hey, (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, Oh man. Can't I wasn't a fan. I was just, I was in your house. I don't think you remembered. I'm sure you do good work, but I, uh, I don't know your web address. Yeah. So that was, oh, that's wild. That was one of my best. Yeah. That was one of my good classics. One. Yeah. That's awkward yeah. for sure. Where do yeah. you even look? Yeah. There was uh, like eight by four though. It was, right? a, it was a, a big one. That's a statement. Like that, yeah. you, you living hat, room? hats off for the confidence. Living mm-hmm. room? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and knowing that showings are coming up, like I, I think you can be proud to look like totally. eight by four. You don't have to. Well, if you're if you're in marketing, it's good advertising <laughs> yeah. for. Yeah, yeah. Right? Totally. yeah. <laughs> they should have had like a, a an address. Passing out yeah. business oh. cards as you come in the door, kind of. Yeah, I think those were different times too. That <laughs> <laughs> was early internet. How long is how long ago was that that you were an inspector? 
I've been a real estate agent almost 10 years now. That's wild. So it was 10 years of home inspection. Yeah. So it was 10 and 10. Wow. Yeah. And Jeremy, how long? It's going to be my 14th year. Wow. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I renew in July. There you go. You guys are old. It's a pile of years. (laughs) It's a a pile of years. It's a pile of years. And you have a family, right? You have some kids? Yeah. Eight and five. Eight and five. Yep. It's hard to stick handle that, right? Dad, realtor? Yeah. Well, that's the one, that's one thing that I actually... Not to take away from mom realtor either. Not at all. That's a tough job. Yeah. (laughs) Well, you know, and it's funny because the, um, that's one thing that the maturity has gotten better as, as like the years have gone on. Um, the, you start to figure out, cause there's a ton of flexibility in this business too. There's, sure. there's two sides of it. Right. Um, but the, the last two, three years, I've been really happy with, um, just picking my times. Yeah. Cause I would, it's, it's kind of funny. I, uh, I was spending a lot of time at home and it was like, I'd make sure everything got done, but you know, there's other things to do like door knocking and prospecting. And that kind of stuff started going by the wayside because I just, I love being around the boys and doing stuff with them. And uh, it was funny because then I was talking to one, one of my friends that's down in Victoria and his career is just like skyrocketing. So we start comparing notes and he's like, how much are you actually working a week? And I was like, I don't know. I don't think as much as you. Yeah. And uh, so we go over the numbers. He's like, I'm working like three times as much as you. And I was like, oh, okay. He's like, you're kids don't need two mumps. <laughs> so, so as like over the last three years, I started balancing out. I realized it's not about the quantity as much as the quality. Sure. So starting to pick some times to, to do specifically. And that's been working really well. It gives yeah. a nice balance because it's um, one thing to maintain and take care of the clients. Cause that's, that's the part, but then the other part of the business, the growing the business yeah. um, that can suffer if you don't. I had a coach one time and he was really into, trying to instill the idea that you should measure your hours a day, like keep track of them and then keep track of your, you know, your, your net sales at the end of the year and try and figure out what you're making per hour. And when it's slow and you got time to be strategic and focus and like manipulate numbers, I'm like, yeah, let's do this. I'm going to, I'm going to really focus on this. And then like the spring market hits and you're like, oh, I can't remember. I just worked every single minute of every day of every hour. (laughs) Well, that's the other side too, right? There's seasons. Yeah, that's the that's the other thing. There is seasons like uh, my the family knows in the spring they're not going to see me very much. Yeah, um, and then probably again in the fall. Like, <laughs> but right. in the summer months, I can be around a little bit more. That kind of stuff. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, it's because you got kids, right? I got my kids are getting older. Uh, my oldest is graduating this year, Crazy. and then my youngest is going to go into grade ten. So, that's eight, wild. Seventeen and fifteen. Wow. Yeah. So you had them young. I, I had a, my, our first, our daughter, our my oldest daughter, Caitlin, she was, I think it was 25. Okay. 25, 26. It's pretty young. Still young. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Well, you do the math. It's not that young, but <laughs> yeah. And Lisa, your kids are? My kids are turning 20 and 22 here shortly. And so you weren't a real estate steps. agent with little kids. No, uh. I didn't go back to school until I was 45 right? and did the course and I am just starting my fifth year. I turned 50 Nice. last summer. So yeah. Five years. Yeah. But you've been here the whole time. Been here the whole time. Yeah. I have no plans of going anywhere else. Nice. <laughs> Anybody that's listening. <laughs> just checking. 
just checking. There's a few options out there right now. There they're, are some they're listening ways. in and they're focusing in on disgruntled realtors right now. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. That's no, we had some. So. We had we had like the virtual podcast here. We measured like um, real BC, real brokers BC. We really struggled with their name. Oh, I see. Yeah. Real yeah. BC brokers, real yeah. broker BC. Whatever we talk about. Cloud-based brokerage. Cloud-based, you know, X, EXP guys. Yeah, we, we had a really interesting conversation about that. I will say, too, that I have two stepkids that are like 22 and 28 oh, wow. coming up, so they're all older. <laughs> I wanted to give mesh- mention to them, though. <laughs> yeah, oh, are they listening? <laughs> you never know. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> it gets posted on social. I don't yeah. know how mm-hmm. kids are. We'd want to lay a good impression just in case they're, you know, shopping realtors. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> we're kind of getting at that age. They are. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. Cool. Okay, my next... Um, my next topic is uh, showing etiquette. Mm. And um, I've recently had, man, I get frustrated about this sometimes. I get frustrated from a listing agent when I hear, especially because we have cameras everywhere now, that there's been videos taking of you know other agents and their clients, not really just being doofuses in the house, but just not treating the house with the same respect as you would if it was your grandma's house, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and that's the term I usually use is, is if you're going into a house, just assume it's, this house is your grandma's house. How would you, would you let your kids run rampant in the house? Yeah. Do, do you, does your dog need to come to the backyard to check it out? Ooh. Yeah. Well, I mean, grandma probably would maybe appreciate that, <laughs> but I, I don't know if everybody's on board with it. Right. Um, recently had an issue where there was some, um, kids that were just excited, you know, they yeah. were probably penned up for a while. I don't know. It <laughs> seemed like it. I saw the video. <laughs> Bouncing off the walls. Bouncing off the walls and, you know, did some damage in the house and uh, the oh, home, yeah. it wasn't the homeowner's house. They were, it was a rental property. So there was tenants and of course, tenants just need another reason why they don't want to let realtors come through on a, when you're trying to sell it. That's right. right. It was super difficult. Um, so I just wanted to chat about some etiquette. Um, I'm going to ask you some questions and okay. don't tell me that this has not happened to you. <laughs> okay. Can we use the bathroom? <laughs> How many times has this happened? <laughs> to me, it happens all the time. I know. And it's kind of rude to ask, is it number one or number two? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It does happen both ways. Yeah. How urgent is it? Yeah. So do you tell your clients beforehand, Parker, then, like, don't plan to use the washroom? Or? I, I don't always think of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But lately, because I had a bad experience, mm-hmm. um... I've just told people you're on camera. So if you want to, if, you know, there was a recent video that flocked to the World Wide Web and global news and everything about some actions that a real estate agent did right here in Kamloops. If you want to be that person, then that's the initiative you have to do. I mean, I don't really want to tell people they can't go to the bathroom, but at the same token, I know that that's off limits for some people. So it's great to think about it beforehand. Especially over COVID, gosh. COVID was easy because you could just say, no, you can't. There are so many new rules and laws. (laughs) Can't do that. Can't do that. Are you pre-approved? No, sorry. I can't show you any houses. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have cash in your wallet right now? (laughs) Okay. We can go do a showing. (laughs) But you can't, you just can't do all those things. Like COVID's gone now. So the rules are getting flexible again. Right. And it has happened too, where they don't ask. They just go. You know, you turn around and go, where's Mrs. Seller? Oh, she's just using the washroom. I'm like, oh, what? (laughs) Right. (laughs) What about divide and conquer when you have big groups and they just go in different directions? That's Yeah, and then they let their kids go too. And you're like, which one do you follow? Right. Yeah. So how do you deal with it? 
um, pick the one that's most likely to do damage. (laughs) (laughs) If there's a child, then I stick with the child. Right. Triage. But see, the thing about, yeah, you just. The thing about that is if you're being watched. Yeah. And you, you know, there's people who don't have the real estate agent with them. Like that's. It's, it's tough. It's not going to be good. Yeah. Make sure the camera's rolling. That's right. Yeah. Um, have you ever guys run into this when, when you, I, like, I know we didn't do that when I was doing home inspections for you back in the day, but on home inspection day, do you as a buyer's agent go hang out in the house for three hours while that buyer's agent, if the buyer is present? If the buyer's present, yeah. 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 It's, I think, I I think the rules have actually changed where you have to now for liability reasons. Yeah. But yeah, I usually hang out and I camp out with the the laptop, yeah, and uh, hang out because I I remember back in back in the day it wasn't like that and the buyers would just go, and there was always uh, like the, I found that there was always that scenario where the seller was there and didn't realize the buyers were showing up and there's sure. no yeah like it just wasn't a good mix, but uh, yeah, lately now, right, yeah, you yeah, sit there have. with the laptop and and work and stick hang out with them, walk around as they do their stuff, sure. I'm generally yeah. not there for the whole inspection, though. Like, no. if the buyers are coming for that last half hour to go over all the issues, then when the buyer shows up, I show up because mm-hmm. the inspector can be there. Right, yeah, yeah. Right? Like, so. I've never actually sat there for a full three and a half hours. Yeah. Usually it's like if they're from 9 to 12, you're there at 1130. That's sure. Right. You know. Come in at the end. Yeah. Get the summary. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. But what about your buyers? What if they're like, I want to be there the whole time? Usually an inspector does not like that. Inspectors have told me oftentimes, your buyers can come at the end. I don't want them there. The I never time. had that approach. And I think they're like feeling they're responsible too to sure. entertain and explain things as they go through everything anyways. So they're just like, no. But the thing about it is, is that if you're, if you're a buyer and three, year, three days into home ownership, you find something wrong with your house, you're just going to blame the home inspector. They say you didn't see it. But if you were there for three hours and watched what he did, you're like, man, those home inspectors caught a lot of stuff. He told me he wasn't going to catch these little details. Yeah. And then the scenario was totally different. I used to charge more if you didn't show up to a home inspection. Really? Really? You're like, yeah, I'm out of town, so I won't be able to make it. I'm like, okay, well, the price just went up because I'm getting phone calls from you later. When you move in and you're like, hey, you didn't tell me that the wallpaper was peeling in that bedroom. (laughs) Yeah, we don't cover that kind of stuff. You know, or whatever, right? Like there's always things that, yeah. that come up after that uh, your expectation cannot be this exactly the same as what the home inspector's yeah. expectation was, right? So right. I will say I bought a house um, when we first moved to Kamloops. This was like 21 years ago. We were living in Victoria and we bought a house out in Barnhart Vale. And we had done it's a... great v- hood, by the way. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> great hood. Yeah. Um, Got a listing coming up there too if you want to move back. (laughs) (laughs) Depends on what it is. Um, Anyway, so we had done a very quick viewing and it was on Thanksgiving. So the the seller was actually in the kitchen literally taking out the turkey from the oven when we looked at the house. So we didn't have a super great look at the house. Went back to Victoria, put the offer in, um, got all accepted and got our home inspection booked. And... The inspector didn't put anything in there about the kitchen floor sloped quite badly because it was a garage underneath and it had settled, but he didn't notice or whatnot. And 
we ended up getting money back from the inspector because he's like, yeah, that's kind of a big thing that yeah. I missed. But if I had been there myself doing the walkthrough or been there for the whole inspection, I probably would have noticed, mm-hmm. you know, so I can see why you would want people to be there. Yeah. Another um, set of eyes. And if yeah. there's concerns that you have, not to say that the floor sloping is not a concern that everyone should mm-hmm. have, but sometimes people are like, hey, I'm really concerned about this one thing. You walk over and you're like, yeah, it's nothing, but whatever. Let's talk about it. Yeah. Right. And now we're, we're even playing on it. But if you didn't mention it as a home inspector because you didn't see any significance to it and the buyer doesn't call you to tell you that, all they're going to do is think that that's a, either a useless trade or mm-hmm. that they didn't do their job or you're not getting the next job, you know, whatever, right? Yeah. So I think about that sometimes with real estate agents when we do contracts and stuff. Like they need to know exactly what we're doing sometimes yeah. because they'll assume that we didn't if we didn't tell them, you know? Well, and that's the thing. I think, you know, we sell so many homes in a year. Well, they, they buy and sell however many homes in a lifetime. Mm-hmm. Like, they don't have the experience, so don't usually understand the steps that we're going through and what needs to be done, right? Yeah, totally. Well, it's funny because I used to... Good content. That was, a like, a long... Well, not that long ago, but, but when I first started out, that was always my approach because I come from a sales background, like um, selling cars, selling vacuums. Uh, <laughs> it's a story for another day. Um, Is that but, how RJ came into your life? <laughs> <laughs> no, well, I, no, that was just coincidence. Oh, okay. But the, uh, that used to, in like it was, uh, if it wasn't an issue, don't bring it up. And, right. uh, you know, kind of like trying to keep everything. I always tried to keep everything so smooth. And it, what it ended up being is exactly what you're saying down the line. Like these crazy conversations that are a big deal then that yeah. wouldn't have been had it been discussed now. Sure. So I, I understand what you're saying from a real estate perspective because sometimes um, you're having conversations that are kind of redundant or you're bringing things up, but they just, down the line, they become a big deal. Right. Right. And so like I've been, like one of the things that I've been noticing because it's, actually, I don't know if you guys have had, not to go off script, but I have had an issue with this, but the the proper terminology for how a house should be handed over on completion. Oh, it's a good one. Because it's <laughs> it's so difficult because everyone's standard of what a clean, move-in, ready house is is so different. Yeah. And um, what I've been kind of finding is that if there's an expectation that it's going to be clean, even I've walked into houses where I'm like, this is pretty clean, but it's not to the buyer's expectation. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Th- this is like the biggest thing for yeah. me right now is right. trying to get like a standard on this. And so I've talked to a couple different realtors. I'm curious from your guys' standpoint, like what is the approach for completion day when the buyer takes keys of a used home and like, have you solved I, I have thing? a standard that I usually do that I think prevents a lot of the problems. But when we're talking, like when I get to the point where we're talking about what do you want for possession day? And then I say, do you remember what the house looked like when we just walked through it? That's them showing it on their very best. It ain't getting better than that. So it's only going to be that or a slightly less worse because now the couch is going to be moved. The, the stove isn't coming out to be cleaned behind there. If you want all that stuff, we can write it in, but it's just time and money. It's just going to be, it's just, mm-hmm. there's a number we're moving with here back and forth, right? So, and then I just prepared that, you know, every now and then if you show up and it is disgustingly terrible, just get a cleaner in. But it's difficult, right? When you have completion and possession, you usually happen 12 to 24 hours apart. Yeah. Where do you put that, where do you put that cleaner in? Well, and also I think even if you write in professional cleaning may, must be done, yeah. professional cleaning also has their own standards. Mm-hmm. 
and it depends on what they're starting with as to what they get it to in four hours or eight hours or however many hours they spend cleaning it, the end result sometimes still isn't going to be clean for the buyer standards. Well, professional clean, how many hours? Yeah, exactly. I, I paid, remember we had a I cleaner in our hours. house. She says, I can be here for anything between two and 10 hours a day. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I just want two hours a week. <laughs> it's professionally clean. It's still the same definition. Exactly. So they can yeah. show you a receipt. It was professionally done, mm-hmm. but it ain't nowhere near clean. Mm-hmm. Setting the expectations is difficult because some people just assume they're buying something new. Yeah. Because it's a it. new That's host of That's what you have them. to remind people. Yeah. And, this is the, and this is where I ended up with it. And I was, it actually came from a, another friend of mine who's in, in real estate. And I, I asked him, like, how are you doing? Like, what are you doing? And exactly what you said. And it, it does make the most sense when we're talking about moving costs. Don't put your expectation of your, your cleanliness expectation on the seller. Because yeah. they're going to get rushed and they're going to go out. You're spending all this money. Yeah. Let's budget ahead of time for two or 300 bucks for a professional cleaner and pre-book it ahead of time. Yeah. And then it's a good surprise if it's nice. Because the other way is so tough to manage. I had gone as far as I was going to have clauses that said countertops wiped to this degree. Like <laughs> oh <my laughs> cabinets. I was trying to figure it out, but it's, it's so tough because you still have that fluctuation on what people feel is good or, or right. not good. And I get the question a lot from sellers too. Like, what do I, what am I, mm-hmm. what is, is my, am I supposed to get the carpets cleaned? Yeah, exactly. Is that, I, I would like to think that you would, but I just don't know where in the time frame of move in, move out day, do we book a, a cleaner to come in and then you can't step on the carpets for 12 hours, yeah. Yeah. six hours, five hours. I don't know how long it takes, but it takes a little while for the carpets to dry. Yeah. So what do you do when a seller is, does not leave it in good condition and you you show up to get keys and you go, what the heck? Like I can't handle your wallet. Yeah. Open your wallet. I have gone over and taken my assistant and cleaned myself for a few hours because it was just not even near, you know, and you just do what you can do. And then I joked about this the last podcast. I cleaned the fridge for somebody one time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That took an hour. I, I gave him an hour. I was like, I got an hour. Sometimes I'll you give just you everything have to do I got. What you got to do right, and yeah, somebody need a hand runs, moving stuff. That. Yeah, never There's made it past the fridge. I've done, I've done junk runs. I've done cleaning. I've done grab my lawnmower and go cut the lawn because it's funny. This is again a thing is that I become the face of that sale, right? Mm-hmm. And it doesn't. It's probably the same as you as the inspector. Inspector, right? The seller's gone. My face is what was on the sign when <laughs> yeah. they went in. Yeah. I'm the one that's going to have angry conversations for the next yeah. two years about the horrible condition the house is left in. Yeah. So it's. It, I'm the same. It's way. good that we had this discussion because there's, I've done stuff like that too. I've, like, I remember one time jerking a hot tub out of a property. It was in the contract that it was supposed to go. Um, at some point, the sellers were like, hey, the, the, there's been so much drama between acceptance and where we are today. That thing's not moving. Like, I'm not doing it. And I'm like, I'm sure they'll get over it. Right? Yeah. And then on day one of move in day, they're like, why is that hot tub there? And then it would just became this massive issue. You're like, Damn and this it. this hot tub <laughs> was at a lake property. You just couldn't pick it up and take it out. It was like a steep property. And the other agent said, "Listen, this is the plan. If you can get that thing into the lake, I'll bring my boat over and we'll barge it across the lake, and then we'll take it to the dump." <laughs> this this is an insane project. <laughs> this is a massive like insane fun. project. And yeah. what happened? I couldn't sleep. I was so mad. <laughs> I was mad at the situation. I was mad at the way it got left. It was, I was mad that they were making a big deal about it because there was a, a, way more to the story. But 
at like four o'clock in the morning, I just couldn't take it anymore. I wasn't going to sleep. So I grabbed my chainsaw and I drove to the to, to property and I cut that sucker into pieces <laughs> and I hauled it to the dump. Probably felt good. Well, no, because it like I don't know if you ever chainsawed a hot tub no, before, but there's insulation in there. Oh, right? yeah, it's messy, Fiber and glass. it turns into a Christmas mm-hmm. in July. Yeah. <laughs> what a mess! <laughs> yeah, BC Fisheries is going to call me in. But your buyer was happy. I, I think the seller was happy. The, uh, you were going to make this buyer happy. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> it was one of those buyers. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah, there's an etiquette to that transfer that is. There's no standard in the industry. Yeah, it's very yeah. subjective. Yeah. yeah. Everyone's I, definition is can be wildly different. Yeah, yeah, and it depends on yeah, the seller, the the agent. Some agents are like, yeah, it's it's you know, it's registered, it's completed. Even though possession date on the contract is tomorrow morning, we have keys for you, it's ready, you can have it. And other agents or sellers are like, Yeah, it's been empty for Two days, we have the money in hand, but the contract date is tomorrow morning, and that's when you get the keys. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's so frustrating as a realtor when a little bit of your time opens up, and you could bang off a key exchange and like be able to comfortably do something tomorrow at at that time, and you're like now committed to that time. Yeah, yeah, it's difficult. Yeah, yeah. Welcome to real estate. That's right, (laughs) real estate one hundred and one. Love it. Yeah. Okay, moving on. I have this thing called um, whose fault is it? (laughs) Whose fault is it? Listings that never sell, okay? I've created like a score sheet. So it's like either it's the real estate agent's fault or it's the seller's fault, okay? And we're going to pick topics and you have to tell me which fault. (laughs) We're going to discuss it anyway. So, okay, so if your listing is not selling and um, let's say that let's go with the easy one. The list price is too high, okay? I, I know we default to it's always the price, which it can be heavily weighed on that mm-hmm. in a lot of scenarios, but there's other options. So the price is too high. Whose fault is it? How'd the conversation go? Mm-hmm. Well, let's discuss it. Mm-hmm. Let's discuss it. Who ultimately it. makes the decision of what price it's going to be at? Some, sometimes it's the agent. Sometimes it is the, the seller. Can be the seller in a lot of cases, but maybe the seller doesn't have the information needed from the real estate agent to make an informed decision. You know, and I think this is actually, this is a good, a good lead or leeway in or leader. What am I going to say? Lead leader way. into that <laughs> yeah. conversation. Cause that, that's such a nuanced thing. Like if I go in and I'm competing against two other realtors and we're all giving prices and I find out two other realtors gave a price of 650,000 and I say, I am going to sell this for 700,000. You can bank an extra 50 grand and I'm not willing to actually cut the check myself. That becomes my fault. Yeah. Be, I, like that is a hundred percent my fault, and I I actually think that's kind of sleazy, personally. Not if that if that is how the conversation is. I don't think that's how the conversation goes most of the time, and this is where the nuance comes in. I think what what ends up happening is, and you guys speak to it yourself. The conversation comes in. All the comparables are saying we're about six fifty, six sixty. But maybe there's something about it that gives you some hope. There's not a whole lot that's on the market right now. It's in a really good catchment area. There's something, and you guys both go in eyes wide open, as that this we're going to reach for this one, but yeah. we might hit that needle in a haystack. If we go in in that way, and then we don't get the action, and you've had your eight or ten showings, and then the sure. seller says, I want to just stick it out, it is the seller's fault. 
Totally. Which is fine as long as they want to keep it there. Like, it would make it sound like it's a bad thing. You can keep your price as long as you want. Yeah. Because eventually you might hit that needle in the stack. But um, I think that initial conversation is such an important nuance of where that goes from there. It's about being honest. Yeah. One, right? Yeah. Uh, Typically, sellers don't really want to be super honest about their listing. Like, they want you to... You, let's say you went there and everybody said it was worth six fifty, and you know as you're about to say six fifty, somehow you can read their lips and they're 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 wanting you to say six eighty, and then when they say it, yeah, they're like, yeah, you are the best realtor, Jeremy. <laughs> That's what I was thinking, six eighty five, <laughs> and then the next time you go to sign it, it's like, yeah, like we we discussed six ninety nine, right? <laughs> let's try seven ten. See, and I'm a little bit different because um, I. I always give a range of where we should price it, and there's three ways. And we can start at the top where, you know, higher price, lower number of buyers are going to be looking at it, and you're looking for that needle in a haystack. We can price it low and hope for multiple offers, which, depending on the market, you know, sometimes you want to do that strategy. Or you can price it right in the middle of that range where I think it's probably going to sell at a reasonable time, and I let the sellers make the choice. Mm -hmm. So if it's priced high and it's taken a long time to sell or it's not selling, then yeah, I can blame it on the sellers because you chose that price, not me. But have you ever encountered a situation where someone calls you and says, hey, Lisa, can you list this property? I want you to list it at a million bucks. You want the listing, like you you like the property and you're thinking, maybe there's a 10% crack that we get that high, but you go and you just put the sign up. Yeah, absolutely. Because you know that you're just, that there's not going to be a discussion about price just yet. Yeah. But, you know, eventually most people, most reasonable people will look at, okay, we're on market for like 54 days and haven't had very many showings and certainly no offers. Maybe you're right. Maybe we can make a little adjustment, mm-hmm. you know, but. Even within well, markets, even within time of days on the market, markets can shift. Absolutely. Yeah. Like inventory can run out in a certain thing. Mm-hmm. Ranchers. Houses with areas of town backyard yeah. access, and then all of a sudden, like the crappy kitchen doesn't weigh in on the price anymore because there's two buyers out there that want to drive a vehicle or a boat into their backyard. That's right. Those little little niche things, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I think we've probably all had that where you were you were surprised at what something sold for. Totally, you, you yeah. play it off like you're a hero. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, but then but, I also start thinking, was I wrong? Like, did I price that too low? That's, that's what I was going to say, and that's the that's the um, the wild thing about it because I think again in open conversation, and if, if you're because there's buyers and sellers that might be listening to this, this is where like having that conversation is so important because the when you're sitting across from the realtor coming up with a strategy and both sides are holding their cards as close as they can, it becomes yeah. a negotiation between you and I of what we price your house for. Yeah. That is a horrible place to be in because if I win and it sells in a day, you hate me. Yeah. Right. And if you win, you're only going to remember that you won and now you're going to have to defend your price. Yeah. So that, and, and that becomes an issue too. And that's where you'll see people go through three, two or three realtors because they're like, I'm, I'm going to get this price and I'm not letting you be right. Yeah. And all of a sudden we're going to run this out and then I'm going to list with someone else $30,000 less because they sure. didn't challenge me on it. Yeah. So I think they, um, one of the, the reasons that part of it is also being in the business for a while, I've got a lot of past clients, but one of the reasons I don't lose very many listings is because of that open conversation. And when it comes to listing a property and it's going to be high, 
we both know it's going to be high, but I still need something to defend you because it doesn't do you any good if yeah. we list this $150,000 high. And I'll have this conversation with people like, a realtor is going to have the same comparables we have. Totally. And they're going to ask me, Jeremy, why is this $150,000 higher? I need something. Just give me something that I can say to them because right. it does you no good for me like, oh, just bring an offer. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, we and can always just, come down. Yeah, we can. can't go back up. Yeah, and that's the, you know, that's the, the thought process that comes up a lot of the time. You know what's interesting on that, though? Have you guys ever looked? I know, I know I'm kind of partial to the whole six weeks thing, but have you ever looked at the difference pricing does as days on market? We have that trend now. It's amazing, like a percent and a half or a percent a week for the first nine weeks is what the average list-to-sale ratio wow. drops in, in our board. And then I thought this was really cool. If you zoom it out to um, like a year, yeah. it, it goes one month, two month, three month. It's dropping, dropping, dropping. Then seventh month, it just drops up to like 100%. And I think what it is is like the people that will stick it out for seven months, <laughs> they're going <laughs> to eventually hit that yeah. buyer. Totally. People are going to know he's not coming down. Yeah. <laughs> I, guess, yeah. I want this property. I got to buy it. But uh, yeah, so that whole I can always come down. Man, you, uh, that's it's a terrible. gamble. It's terrible information. It is. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. ultimately, you want to be on the same team as your seller. So somehow, some way, get in agreement. Okay, we're going to put it up for this. As long as I have your agreement that if it's not going to work in a couple of weeks, we're just going to do some adjustments. And well, us- I, usually, they will agree to that. And I think for the seller, they want that. As much as it doesn't seem like it wants. Like, I know for the, the um, conversations that I've had, usually when it comes to time to talk about pricing, I'm, I'm wanting them next to me with the laptop and we're going through and it becomes like a little quiz game. Like how much do you yeah. think this should sell for more or less than your house? And like, so we're kind of guiding it together because mm-hmm. the, um, if you're afraid to tell me your bottom line, cause I'm going to sneak that to the other realtor yeah. and all of a sudden you're going to lose $50,000. Like that is not a place that you want to be in as a seller. No. And, um, and then, and vice versa, if you're going to just win out on the highest price. You ever taken uh, sellers shopping? I haven't done that. The other markets are very ca- used to that. Kamloops, for whatever reason, isn't as used to that. Hey? I've done it a few times, and I've threatened to do it here again. Um, yeah. I'm going to take you to four listings, and you tell me if you're pr- if you're properly priced. You know, th- so I, I did this thing um, uh, training way back. It was awesome. It was Max Avenue. Yeah. And it was like the, uh, the blueprint for selling a home. And it, it, this guy was genius. He had like 72 variables. But his way about going about it, and this is where it's kind of controversial. Like, do, seller, do sellers want to have people come through their home that aren't real buyers? I understand that. But his thought was, if you're going to do, if you're going to list a, proper, a home properly, you should have your four biggest competitors, and you have this checklist sheet, and you'd go through the house with your seller before you pick the price, and you would gauge how's the curb appeal compared to yours, how's the kitchen compared to yours, and you could use the scorecard yeah. plus the price to come up with a. That would be such a professional way to handle it. Mm-hmm. But the idea of, in Canloops anyway, I don't know if you guys have had a different experience, of asking to show a property and have them prepare the home for a showing for someone that's a competitor, it's just not. But then in Vancouver and these other markets, it seems fairly common. Well, so it's, I, it's a, I, I, think that is, I think that's fair game. I think what happens is, is that if you're on the market at a price and your competitor's coming to shop you out, you better be priced right because they're going to be using that information against you. So... I tell people that when they're listing, especially if they list high, you know, we, hey, we haven't had a showing this week. Oh, we got one coming next week. I'm like, you never know. That could be a competitor. Mm-hmm. They're, they're going to use your listing to justify a price of a different house. That's just the nature of the, that's the nature of the game. You don't get to know. I don't think you should know. 
I call those springboard listings. Springboards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, the springboards, the other listings that you're going to use to get a little bit better price on yours because yeah. yeah. you're going to look like a good deal compared to those. And that, that, again, this is where these conversations have to happen. Like, are you going to be a springboard? Are you just helping all your competitors sell for a better price by totally. contrast yeah. and getting your house ready every single night for a showing? Like, these are... These are important conversations that should be had up front because yeah, yeah, I think yeah. a lot of people get caught and they have no idea. You're getting a lot of showings, but you have no chance of selling. Totally. So what do you guys think about other agents that call you and say, hey, how's your blah, blah, blah listing going? How many showings have you had? Have, do you have any offers? Because I'm going to be listing one in the same complex or on the same street. I do think you- it's good. I think we should be communicating. I think we, we're, we're not like necessarily a team of realtors. Yeah. But we're professionals in an industry, and I think we have to rely. I mean, certain people you call, you're probably not going to get the truth. Yeah. <laughs> so you have to understand who you're discussing with. But, you know, you probably have, there's a, probably a good percentage of realtors that if you call, you're, okay, you're probably like 85% right. Yeah. If you're like, yeah, we had 10 showings on the weekend. They, they probably didn't have zero. <laughs> well, but they might have had eight. Yeah. <laughs> and they rounded it up. Well, and this is where, you know, as you're, as you're talking about these, these nuances, um, the relationship that you have with your colleagues absolutely makes a difference. Totally. And For it's, sure. And I mean, it's helped out when I've been in competing offers. My past history with that realtor, how well I've worked with them, gets my buyer's bid accepted. It's helped when I've had listings and there's three or four that are close and the realtor wants to work with you because they know it's easy. Because like they things. know you've done your job to pre-qualify your buyer, to, to prep them. You know, like just there is a trust there. Like when certain realtors are dealing with clients... They're probably not a really terrible client because they, if they're busy people, they probably ditched them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And I don't know, if, and this is again part of the strategy, back to what you were saying. I've had it before where um, we've talked, I've had realtors that call me that I've got good relationship. And I'm like, yeah, I think we're going to get an offer. And they're like, okay, well, we're going to hold off for a couple of weeks until you sell so that we don't have to compete and drive each other's prices down. Like these, yeah. these things can work really well together. Yeah. In unison. Uh, in yeah. unison, yeah. if you're willing to have those conversations and open. Yeah. Um, I, I learned early, though, I always asked, do you have a buyer? Because <laughs> 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 I get so excited. <laughs> like, yeah. Bring them through. Like, oh, no, I'm just listing a competitor. Yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, it's like the same as like having MLS data. I mean, it's like. Yeah, we need to have the information. We need to have the stuff in the back pocket because the the consumers are expecting us to know more than a lay person. Yeah. So how else would we be able to know more if we like if you're gonna list a property and you can say straight up, listen, we're gonna list this, but you got a neighbor here, I don't know who it is, but I've had an agent reach out to me and tell me you got one of your competitors coming on the market yeah. and they're gonna give us a few days before they clunk in here. So they're gonna make they're gonna use our activity, our price, and our showing, mm-hmm. you know, volume to depict their price. They could come in here and be a little more aggressive than us, or they could wait and see how we re- react and then adjust their price accordingly. Mm-hmm. But, and I had that recently happen on a property. Um, luckily, the realtor gave me like four or five days, nice. which was just enough time. <laughs> just enough time. <laughs> yeah. So, but I mean, that's just part of it. But it's, it's funny, when we were saying that, I used to play this game with my kid. Uh, my oldest when Marketplace used to come out, like Facebook Marketplace. And I, you would scroll up so you couldn't see the price of whatever item it was. <laughs> and we would sit there and we would, we would guess. Okay, we would pick like really random things, like an ugly old chair, and you'd roll up and you'd be like, what's the price? And like 10 bucks. And you're thinking, ah, 15. You roll up, it's like 
A thousand? <laughs> what, are you, what are you doing on Marketplace? We would do this all the time, right? It's the same in real estate. If, if you had the ability to kind of look at all the listings without seeing the price, I'd love to just like quickly as an exercise in the morning, grab five listings, scroll them up, look through the pictures and then guess the price. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Of course, you don't know the intimate knowledge of that house, but it just gets you into a groove when you see a Aberdeen... Cross Hill, you know, 4,000 house, 4,000 square foot house get listed with a basement suite with a view. You should kind of have a ballpark of what that house is going to go for. Well, we used to do that when Jeremy was talking about doing the realtor tour. When I first started, because keep in mind, I haven't been doing this for a long, long time. It was a great way I would go out on realtor tour and I'd be with a group of agents and we go do the walkthrough of the house and each of us would try and guess what it was actually listed for without looking at the price first. Mm -hmm. So we would all guess our price and then go to the car and see who was closest. <laughs> It'd be really good to uh, keep, keep, keep tabs on what you think it's going to sell for mm-hmm. and then keep that for next week's showing and then look to see who is the closest person. That's a great idea. I should yeah. start doing that. I'm get, in. Get back on tour. I'm in. It's got to, you got to like, there's got to be a prize though. <laughs> it's got to be like, yeah, if we, be competition, it has sure. to be competitive. Like we have to get into it. Right. We're I'm doing down. little mini CMAs while we're flipping yeah. through the house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, carpet stain, the duct. <laughs> yeah. It'll be fine. Okay, what about photos? Bad photos. Whose fault oh, is this that? This is my bane. This is, I've got such a pet peeve with photos. That's <laughs> good. I think, so there's two sides to this. Mm-hmm. Okay, there's the horrible photos that leave a feeling of, Oh, this isn't as bad as I expected. Yeah. And then there's the the park backyard, which is actually four feet from the yard because they use a ten millimeter <laughs> ten, ten millimeter uh, fisheye. And I I I like if I were to pick those two. Obviously, you want the best photography possible. That's not going to catfish a buyer because yeah. you don't want someone walking in and having disappointment. I mean, that's a horrible emotion for them to feel. Totally. But the horrible photos, I would take any day over those photos that oversell the property because they. The, that is the worst thing. And that's my wife's pet peeve when we were looking at houses too. You get so excited from the photos. Yeah. And then you walk in and it's just not at all what you expect. It's so hard to recover because the rest of that house showing is disappointment. Mm. Yeah. And it's, yeah. um, and you know, this is where it gets really weird because now in the time that we're in, I can change the sky color. I can change the grass color. Yeah. I can, you can get pretty crazy on these. I can make it look like oh, you can furnish the time. house. You can mm-hmm. furnish the whole house. Yeah. You got, it's a, it's a nuanced thing. Like you got to be careful of how, what you're doing because eventually someone's going to walk through that house yeah. and they're going to see not that many people are just buying off the, off online. Well, t- you got to think about it too. Like kitchens don't show you. You can't see in a 1970s house. Okay. With 1990s cabinets. From a distance, you can't see those cabinets. You just see like a nice color. You see the size. You see it's got nice handles. You might pick up on the countertop, but when you get there, they might, when you pull them out, they might fall down. Yeah. You know, like they could be totally worn out. Like it's difficult to actually showcase that. But my pet peeve is the iPhone photographer realtor uh-huh. who takes angled photos. We, we had a Blur- whole podcast on blurry. this. We actually took <laughs> listings. We sat in the podcast room for an hour and a half and we picked 10, 15 listings. We didn't, we didn't divulge who they were or what the house was and we didn't film it. We just talked about the photo. I mean, there was photos with half naked dude walking by holding his coffee cup (laughs) of the living room. That was a listing in Kamloops not too long ago. That might be a selling feature. (laughs) 
cats in the photos, <laughs> unmade beds, but they take the photo anyways. Yeah. Like, if you're taking your own photos with an iPhone, mm-hmm. make the freaking bed. Yeah. Sometimes I think it's tenants. Like, I always, I always defer to, okay, maybe it was the tenants and they just didn't clean up because they don't really care. They actually don't want the house to sell. Mm-hmm. You never know, right? But what Jeremy was saying with, like, Catfishing. Hold on, hold on. I don't want. I, I, I hate to break you off, but it's this okay. is something we have to discuss. Okay, this is a good point. Okay. So, what if it is tenants that don't want to sell? What do you do? Well, do you what are you willing to do? <laughs> There's so many different things, right? Like trying to coax them to get out of the house for showings, giving them GCs to go for dinner, like yeah. thanking them, and what I if mean, you offer them a dinner, <laughs> and you're going to take care of their house for them for four hours? Just explain to him. We're going to take some really good photos, but we need to like we need we, we need, need a team to, of people in here to do some we stuff. We need to tidy up a little. And they tell you no, but there's a price. Put the whips. There's away. a price to it. There has <laughs> to be. Yeah, I can remember with a photographer, a new photographer. Thank God it wasn't a veteran on this shoot because he just left. But we cleaned this entire kitchen for one photo. <laughs> it took us an hour, and then I took pictures of the kitchen, and I had to I put it back. Because the tenant was like, yeah, you can move some stuff, but I really want it the way it was. So I had to remove all this stuff, a lot of stuff. And then using the photo of the, of the original photo of the kitchen we took, put all the junk back the way it was. Oh I mean, the, the showing was hopeless, but at least we got great photos, yeah. decent photos. Yeah. But I was going to say, like, the, the, the fisheye lens... I have to sometimes explain to clients that sometimes that's the only way they can get the whole room in one picture, mm-hmm. especially bathrooms. I know if I go in and try and take a picture of a bathroom, I get a picture of the toilet, right? Yeah. So you have to explain to them that that's the lens that they use. I know it makes it look bigger, but it's just so that they can get the whole room in. Mm-hmm. It's tough with buyers because the, the, if you're using a professional photographer who's a veteran in the industry, they know how to take photos that look yeah. good. That's the point, right? Yeah. And if, if the house... Even if the house is just small but nice, it's still going to be a letdown because mm-hmm. you can't get depth in, in photos. Yeah. Look at the square footage. Look yeah. at the square footage. Totally. <laughs> that's a big one. It's a big one. Yeah, that's a big one. <laughs> <laughs> but whose fault is it? I'm curious to know whose fault it is. I mean, if we're real estate agents and we go to a house and it's not prepped for, for photos, do we just say, okay, screw it. You don't want to sell that bad. We'll just take what, photos of what we got. Or do we have to bring them back down, sit them down, maybe, and let them know that you need to do something with your tenant in order to get, if we're selling a 600, 700,000 something, yeah. I mean, is it not worth spending a little more time to get, to get the, the house prepped for, Yeah, we've had really good luck lately. We've had some people who've done a ton of preparation. It totally pays off. Mm-hmm. That's the one thing you could do as a seller to, um to really like listen to your realtor when they tell you to. But do you think buyers have though the ability to see past the clutter? Like if the photos we're, we're are marketing, what they are. We're marketing the home though. I know. But if it does turn out to be a case where like, well, the photographer's here today and it's a, you know, cluttered jungle, but it is what it is. Open the blinds, hope for the best. If somebody's looking for a home that has those features, how much does a terrible photo hamper the sale? Like, it, I suppose it's all nuanced, just like everything about mm-hmm. the market. There's is, some bad photos out there right there now. There are some, There's oh. some really bad <laughs> ones. We just saw one a couple of days ago, and I don't. Th- there tends to be like certain agents who, who take photos themselves with an iPhone. <laughs> um, there's one that really stands out, but I, like, I just don't even think they think it matters. 
they're probably still advertising in the newspaper. Yeah. Like there's no doubt that a, you know, a sunny sky and a clean countertop yeah. goes a really long way to getting showing. We just, we just spent three hours then, at the house last two weeks ago. <laughs> we did. Three hours at the house. <laughs> oh, they Doing the work. Just to get, yeah. to get 10 photos. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's it's and the seven, photos look seven figure amazing. Home. <laughs> the photos look seven great. figure home. He has spent three hours in there. Three hours just moving stuff, mm-hmm. trying to do what we can do, right? Like, I mean, if you, yeah. you you just said it, you said, well, we just hope for the best. If you're in your listing presentation, you're like, oh, hey, listen, <laughs> I'm just gonna hope for the best. <laughs> Hire me. I would like no. You're out. You're fired. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the crazy chef guy? Chef, the chef show. What's that uh, guy's name? Uh, guy Fury? No, the angry The British angry man. chef guy. Oh. Um, uh, I can't think oh. of his name. That's the realtor <laughs> I want to be on photo day. <laughs> like just screaming at yeah. people. Move that. No, we can't leave that there. Hell's Kitchen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He has a bunch of restaurants. Yes. Yeah, what is that guy's name? Oh, gosh. It's... It'll come to me. Gordon Ramsay, I think. If he sold real estate, though, it would be amazing to watch. Yes. Yeah, clean up this effing mess right <laughs> exactly. now. Yeah. yeah, he'd he'd tear your head off with a low ball offer. Yeah, low ball offer on your knees. I'm so sorry. <laughs> How much do you think negotiation goes plays a factor in whether a house sells or not, or do you think it just matters in the outcome of the price? I think everything's a negotiation. I think it's, uh, I'll give a, a kudos, a, a great example. Um, the, uh, I recently sold a home and um, I was representing the buyers and I was so impressed with the other realtor. It was, uh, he worked for his clients and this was part of, I wouldn't say it was, I guess, negotiation, but in a sense it was because he, he called me like a lot of us text now, right? Yeah. And um, after that, I started making sure that I call. I try to call. You guys probably noticed that. Um, because the, uh, he asked me some questions and I had some buyers and we were looking at different homes and he actually learned about who they were, what they, and I, I didn't give up anything that would hurt their chances. But when he found out they were, they were young kids, he's like, well, you know, that other house that you guys are looking at is a pretty busy street. And he brought up the park. He did such a good job of giving me something to go back to them with. Right. And I was like, Hey, the realtor shared this with it. That in turn took them into the, the second showing. It did spotlight it for it. It absolutely had an effect. And then we went into the negotiation. And, you know, the whole thing, the way he handled it from start to finish, I thought was so good. Nice. And, and it worked out for everybody. It, you know, and he did uh, a great job of uh, his buyer's exp- or seller's expectations, our expectations. So, you know, it, it makes a difference. But I don't, I don't think, I think you, you got to have your style and know what your style is. Totally. Um, because I, I know some realtors that just won't talk to you and yeah. they're, they're like, this is the number and this is it. And then I know some that have a little more conversation and can kind of grease things together a little bit closer. So yeah. I think as long as it's authentically how you do it, I think a negotiation style is huge. And I think the worst thing you do is try to negotiate something you're not comfortable with. Yeah. Cause if you're not naturally that personality, like that, uh, hell's kitchen chef <laughs> yeah. and you try to bring that persona on that just how fake it is, it comes across so offensive. <laughs> <Totally>. <laughs> like like yeah. you have to be a hundred percent that or don't even go there. Cause it's going to, it's going to turn off every single realtor that you're dealing with. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, going back to like low ball offers or as I call them stink bids, um, getting a stink bid and having like an aggressive behavior on the other end of that stink bid, that's going to put up a blockade 
mm-hmm. for like the transaction to evolve and further grow, right? Yeah. Like if you're like, take this freaking offer and shove it up your freaking ass. <laughs> yeah. That uh, that's gonna end. Sandals. That's gonna end the negotiation. Right? <laughs> yeah. that's a strong I don't move. think it's gonna move forward it's from bold. here. That's no, bold. <laughs> but the thing is, I mean, when agents are like that, like we were talking about before, is like that that sticks in your head of that agent yeah. and how he responded to you, right? And then like we said, when there's multiple offers, then that's not the offer that you're gonna, you know, work with if there's a choice. Yeah. So it's really, but I think it, we can learn from other realtors too. Like I, I know that there's some agents that uh, they always start the conversation off is I really appreciate that you gave me an offer. Mm-hmm. It's like holy crap! I wasn't expecting that. It was pretty stinky. <laughs> 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 Thank you for your time. Yeah, but you know on the other side though, and this is it's interesting. Um, have you guys had it where like even if you present it nicely and you know as it's just it's a starting point, let's be appreciative of the offer. When that offer starts to get closer. The seller never seems to fully forget that this started as a lowball. I know, right? <laughs> <And it's> like, <laughs> those extra five thousand that you might have got at the end, you're not getting yeah. <laughs> because they remember totally. where you no started this way. offer process. Yeah. <laughs> but here's a, here's an experience I just had. Um, started out, I was on the listing side. The the offer came in really, really low, and we just didn't respond. You know, I I appreciate the offer, but we're not going to come back on that. And then all of a sudden, boom, boom, it comes up really aggressive after that. Well, now from the seller's side, it's like, we don't have to do anything. This offer just keeps getting better the longer we wait. <laughs> it's not setting a good example. If you're on the other side of that, the, the, the stinkiness of that offer is not in helping your situation <laughs> because you're just moving. No one else is moving. Yeah. So there's like a... An, you're negotiating with yourself. Yeah. You're just negotiating <laughs> yeah. with yourself. Yeah. That's the real downside of doing going back to stink bids. But yeah. yeah. And that's where it really does help to have that... Um, conversation of and then what yeah <laughs> it's just like you kind of go all in and you're like oh now what yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. bringing you an offer it's all we're gonna do it's 150 low it's take it now or leave it and it's like hey why aren't you phoning me back to let me know if you're taking that offer why is no one answering the phone yeah what about skeletons you guys dealt with skeletons in the closet i want to what do you mean well i mean like you, you list a property, you don't know the outcome of the skeleton, maybe seller knows, buyer finds it through due diligence, and then it's all of a sudden, it's like an issue. It's like, a, oh, yeah, right about that. Yeah, I totally forgot about that. I just, I'm in the middle of doing a deal right now, and there's such a bad encroachment on the property <laughs> that the, the neighbor's shed is almost touching their property, and they didn't write that there was an encroachment at all. When I brought it up to the realtor, she's like, yeah, I kind of thought that was a little bit over there too far. <laughs> and I'm like, well, why are we having this discussion now? Like the PDS should have indicated it. You should have been prepared for this to come up because now they're questioning the entire PDS. That's the thing. They're like, they don't trust anything you're going to say now. So It's kind of like the cleanliness of the house that we were talking about. It's like they look at the pictures and it's just a pigsty or they go for a showing and it's a complete mess and hasn't been looked after. And then they start thinking, well, what else haven't they taken care of, right? Mm -hmm. Well, what else did they lie about on the PDS? And a lot of that, I feel it can be subconscious too. Like it may not even be that active of a thought or forefront of a thought. Like Mm -hmm. you you gather so much information through observation, little cues like that, that, uh, yeah, I'm sure it all has an effect. It's such an interesting like industry. Every time I go into a house, I try to, I just naturally 
I'm like, I walk through and I'm like, oh, this is going to be a hard negotiation. Mm. <laughs> I can just tell this, this seller is going to be tough to negotiate with. Or I'll like go into a house and I'll be like, oh, I, I know how to win this one. Like, and are you right or wrong? When like, does that prove true? When I I don't even. But I can, if you're a finicky seller, meaning like, it doesn't even have to be that your house shows aggressive pride of ownership. But if there's if the seller wants to stay and tell you about how they put the trim on and you know where the blinds came from and like really really detailed stuff in an analytically anal method, mm-hmm. it's going to be a tough negotiation. <laughs> yeah. Like it's going to be very difficult to negotiate unless you're just giving them everything they want. Mm-hmm. But even if you give them everything they want, there's still more negotiate. You're always negotiating through the transaction. You're negotiating another access to the property. You're negotiating the time of the home inspection. Like you're negotiating like every step, every step of the way you're negotiating something. And it's funny. I've recently experienced this as well. A lot of times we expect things as real estate agents because they we always get to go back to the property or we always get to do this or that or whatever. And then all of a sudden someone says no. And then it's like, yeah, contractually, yeah, you're right. But I mean, like, I'm just asking you to do this, like do the, do this solid thing, like get yeah. us back in the property. We want to measure something, look at something, do something. And we're spending a million dollars, let us back in the house. Yeah. And they're just like, no. For half an hour. <laughs> yeah. Like how damaging to the relationship that could be. Yeah. Not not realtors so much as like buyer and seller. Yeah. Buyer's going to assume the worst. Yeah. So when they do get possession of the house and some mail comes for the previous seller, what do you think they're going to do with that mail? <laughs> That's what I encourage them to do because I don't want it. <laughs> the stacks of mail we get. But there is no forwarding address. Uh, no. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's funny, like going back to something I mentioned earlier about selling vacuums because these things all kind of, they bring in uh, more like uh, context when you get into real estate because before real estate I was a, I was a welder I, like I was saying I did everything but it was interesting one of the best things I learned from selling vacuums <clears throat> was questioning cues because they were so adamant on teaching you that so like if I knocked on your door and I'll give you a little context because this is kind of funny the, so what would happen when I sold vacuums I was only 18 or 19 at the time is you would get a call and they would say hey if you do this survey We'll put you in a draw, and if you win, we'll we'll uh, we'll let you know, and we can drop it off. You can win a grill, and you can win these other things. Someone does a survey, and they ask a whole bunch of questions. What do you use for a vacuum? What do you, do you have any asthma? All these different things that they wanted to learn about you. Sure, I don't know if they do this anymore. And then they would call you back three or four days later, and you won. Yeah. What did I win? You won a grill. Well, then I would show up in a really cheap, like, more suit that didn't fit me at all. Yeah. And I would have this grill that was just, it wasn't a grill, it was a stovetop pan, basically, <laughs> that you could sit on top of your... And I would show up, and I would say, hi, I'm here to drop off the uh, grill, but we also just have a small air purificator, or purification system that I'd like to show you so that we can get some more people aware of our product. Can I, can I come through? And you hand them the grill and then you'd go get your boxes and you'd do this dem, they would call right. it, right? This is the way in. This was the entrance. But the, the interesting thing, I still look at it today, if I showed up with that grill and they were happy and still let me into the house, like I just lost two hours of my time. Right. Because if they're that happy to let me in, they'll just walk me back out the same. It was the one that like stopped your, <laughs> stopped your foot on the door and didn't want you to come in. Interesting. Yeah, it, it was just a few things that you would, you would watch for. 
I didn't last at that business very long. So that's, <laughs> that's not really my style, but it was still interesting to watch that. Yeah. And especially when, because they'd send you out with sales managers. And what they would always say is easy in, easy out. You want the one that doesn't want you to go in because they, you know that if you ever get in, they're not, they're going to spy whatever it is. They know they buy right. and they don't want you to come in because they don't want to buy it. And so it was uh, now fast forward 14 years later. That, that career didn't work out for me, but this one here, you start to watch those types of things and, sure. and recognize cues and like, yeah. why, why? Well, like people who are like going to stand their ground mm-hmm. when they've decided something, they're also going to protect that position, right? Like if they're standing your ground, you're not coming in and eventually they let you in. They're probably like more likely to keep you in because they've made the decision. I'm going to let Jeremy in. Well, Once he's in, he's in. Well, and this is where like, um, kind of where my mindset was going when you were saying that the, some of my best clients were people that hated realtors. Right. And they, they did not like realtors and they would, uh, they were the, the, you know, not all of them, some people, but a lot of them in the early days when I didn't know any people and I was just trying to get clients, the people that just did not like realtors were the ones that, um, ended up being some of my best clients because once you were in, you were in, but they thought, like, they thought oh, we were all scum. We were all, you were you just know? different. Yeah. Yeah. So you it was were just a, a different guy. And you saw, you would see that guy or that girl and you'd be like, I don't want to deal with them, but right. they were the best to deal with after they got the trust up. Totally. So it's, uh, and then still parts of that still ring true today. Yeah. <laughs> do you think what? our stigma has gone? Because it's funny going 14 years. Like, do you, do you guys feel that anymore? Cause I remember when I first came into the business, there was this feel that realtors were all sleazy and I feel like. I still feel that about other areas, but not ours. Right? Like, I feel like Vancouver, you just never know what's going to go on with those boys, girls, Mm -hmm. those people, right? (laughs) Um, But I'm like, I feel like if you were to ask a ratio of like ethical excellence in Kamloops, I would say we were remarkably high. And you know why I think that is? Because I agree with you. I think it's because it's still a small, big town. Yeah, like word of mouth go and like the ones that just want to act like that they de- they don't end stay in the business that long. Sure, it just seems like it's got a natural. They fluff out. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah, at least it's got to get going. Yeah. Oh, that's just the end of it. Oh, <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah, we're only an hour and a half in. We got another oh, yeah. two and a half hours to go. Oh my god, time flies. <laughs> that's crazy. Again, congratulations on your hundredth episode. Yeah. It's pretty exciting. And uh, it's been a crazy ride so far being in real estate. I love it. It's uh, challenging for sure. Our market is up and down like a yo-yo right now. Um, <laughs> excited for the next couple of years and see what happens. Okay, Jeremy, I appreciate you coming on the podcast. Uh, thanks for sticking it out with us today. Interesting topic, airing it out. Um, realtors on Realtors. Thanks for coming on, man. Thanks, man. Cheers. Hey, thanks for listening to the Kamloops Real Estate Insider Podcast. Subscribe wherever you listen to get new episodes delivered right to your feed. And we want to hear from you. Send comments and questions to parker at royallepage.ca or reach out on Instagram at pbrealestater.